Unidentified vessel. Please submit your clearance codes. This is Justin Force will be with you. This is Josh. Always. This is Kyle. And we are the Outer Rim Beacon. Ladies and gentlemen, you have now tuned into the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Mando. Welcome back. My name is Justin. I'm one of the hosts of the show. Joining me today, as always, I'm our co-host. Kyle, this is Josh. Kyle, if you could uh, cue in a little welcome back, Cotter, right here. <laughs> Put it in the notes. Welcome back. Oh, oh Justin's <laughs> just going to sing it, actually. This is Kyle, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm pumped for Mandalorian. I'm happy to be here. I know, I know. This is I'm I'm stoked to talk about this because uh, thoroughly enjoyed the visual, uh, Pergils live you know action what? Star Wars. <sighs> All right, awesome. Josh already said it. Pergils, there was Pergils. All right, episode over. There's we'll Pergils. see you next week. Pergils. <laughs> you haven't. Uh, yeah, just FYI, if you haven't watched uh, the first episode then of Mando season three. <laughs> Don't listen to this episode yet because we're about to spoil the it. The title you, so. of this episode is the spoiler. <laughs> yes, <The> warning. <laughs> yeah, that's your warning. So, um, yeah, we're not going to do news and notes. That's uh, if you want to listen to that, go check out our latest Bad Batch episode. It should be on there. We're going to dive right into Mandalorian season three, episode one, the apostate the premiere, the banish, the premiere. Yes, uh, director Rick Famuyiwa. Uh, writer was John Favreau. Cast consisted of a lot of our favorites. I mean, Mando, Grogu, Paz, Armor, Grief, IG-11, and Bo. And then we had some new characters. Well, one, speak for yourself if you're calling Grief one of your favorites. He gets on my nerves. But two, <laughs> um, I saw it all over the internet, too, that we were calling this episode The Apostate. But uh on Disney Plus when you click on it it just calls it like chapter 13 or whatever or whatever it is. Uh so like where where is it at where is the label um of the apostle? Really? Did they call it in the credits? Did they call it like Uh I thought it was on IMDb as the apostle. Well, Justin, we're, and we're I not... thought it was on the front of the episode. I thought it was on the front too, yeah. Yeah, it says season 3 episode 1 chapter 17 the apostate Oh, it's like in the description? Yeah. I'm looking at it right there. The apostate. Hmm. Well, like when you pull up season... Oh, I guess it's there. When I, I swear to you, when I looked at it on the app on Wednesday, it just said chapter 13. Well, might, maybe. And then they updated it or something. That could be. I could also be wrong. It's unlikely, but it is possible. <laughs> That's what I say all the time. It's like, I've, I could be wrong. It's happened once before. This would be too. You know. But... Um, we did have a couple special guests on this week's episode. We had a whole crew of Enzelins, uh, played by Shirley Henderson. Hey, hey, who also played Bobby, Babu Frick. Um, Vane, uh, Pirate Vane, who is played by Marty Matulis. He, uh, Marty was in uh, a couple horror movie things. Smile, um, Amer- which is a recent one. I still haven't seen that one yet. Uh, American Horror Story, Evil, and Old Time Radio. Um, Gorian Shand, who is the the dread pirate Gorian Shand, played by Carrie Jones, uh, who was BK, and then uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do we know what kind of like a chia pet that, that got out of control? I I don't what know. Kind of I was trying to figure that out too. Unify, unidentified swamp humanoid. He looked dope. I thought it was a very cool alien. Mm-hmm. Oh it's man, a... I just thought of something I wanted to say about the Bad Batch episode. Say it. <laughs> say it. Just make it. What is it? Back. When they see the it, when we're in, we're, when we're still in the very beginning in the uh, alien part of the episode where they're on the they ship haven't seen that's the broken Beast down yet, or whatever, yeah, and mm-hmm. and he says sees the claw marks and he says, oh whatever it is, it's not human. You can't say that in this galaxy because there's <laughs> yeah. plenty of okay. things that are human shaped yep. that aren't human. You got to say, oh that's not humanoid or. That's not sentient. You can't say that's not human. That's like when Cara Dune called her blaster a gun. Come on. I thought the same thing, Josh, and I'm so glad you said that because I was like, well. Go back and listen to the other so episode. Was it, this is your teaser. Like their transition. <laughs> was it a transition? Like, and what exactly is yes. that supposed to mean, Hunter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, bro, I'm standing right here. What are you talking about? Um, I thought the exact same thing, Josh, and I. I uh, you're you're spot on because it you can't really say that in Star Wars. Twenty twenty three guys, although it yeah. wasn't then because yeah, yeah, this yeah. was a long long time ago. So I guess they were still saying things like that. True, very true. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we had like I said, we had a whole bunch of other various pirates in this episode. Uh, some of them got smoked turds, pretty on by really. Mando in grief. Yeah, and then um. Uh, Mando took care of the rest of them with his uh, Naboo N1 modified Starfighter uh, is, in a pretty epic space battle through an asteroid field. Uh, so. That was really cool, and we're—I mean, we yeah. took a lot of efforts this episode to make sure everybody knew that that new ship he has is pretty cool. Like, guys, it's really good. Don't be mad that you spent six hundred dollars on a ship that we blew up. <laughs> this this one's cool right. too, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Now I forgot what I was going to say because oh no I this is greedy because I know we got Cad Bane last season but man we're going to have pirates and we couldn't just we couldn't just drop Hondo in there come on we've been I, I, know. I know so I had the same thought I, I had know, the these same were like thought. mean guys that we want to be actual yeah. foils and Hondo's like kind of a a, a silly. And no, Hondo needs to be cool. Yeah. Hondo needs to be the guy that they go to that they're not sure about, but he's fine. Comes through like, in the end. I, I thought the mm-hmm. same. Th- I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, pirates, and none of them are Hondo. And then they were, they were shitheads. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. I don't because I don't want Hondo getting murked. No, no, yeah, no. Um, they were definitely not the nicest pirates. And, and let's, I mean, let's be real. Hondo is like the Jack Sparrow of pirates in this universe, and he's. Yeah. He's all about the money, but he's also got a decent heart. Yeah, he's too, a lovable but, crook. Um, he's okay. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but yeah, it, was, uh, it brings us back to uh, things that we know and love. Uh, the episode was great because this episode moves story forward from the very beginning. It kind of touched on where we're at with some of our favorite characters and the characters that we've kind of come to know over the last two seasons, but it also pushed... The story forward. Yeah, you don't. You don't have the to same time. Mando like that. They don't mess around. They know what they're doing over here. No. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was spot on. Like, hey, we're we're jumping right into this. Here's where we left off. Here's where we're going. And it didn't give you a lot of like depth of stuff and like conversation outside of some stuff with Bo at the end. A little bit with the armor there. I mean, um, yeah, a little bit with the armor in the beginning. 
Nothing with grief other than he's making money. Uh, I don't know. Um, I feel like grief is feeling real proud of himself. He's like making people call him by his new fancy title. He's got the most pretentious droids you've ever seen in your life carrying his cape, cape for droids. him. He like isn't even listening to Din who helped put him in the position he's in right now. Like Din came there for help. He's not even listening to him. He's like, Hey man, I'll give you some land. I'll pay you some money. Why don't you come work for me? Like he's only, I don't know. I feel like grief's like, uh, letting this all go to his head a little bit. Let me ask a question. Do you think grief is, he's maybe like got this outpost up and running. It grew. It's now really big. Do we think maybe since he doesn't have that help now, he's kind of like, he's losing control of it a little bit. Like pirates are coming in, trying to go into school drinking. Do we think like he can't control it now because it's gotten so big? I don't know. I think time will tell. This is, is this one incident? Is this an ongoing problem? Is mm-hmm. it spiraling out of control? Are people losing respect for him? I, who knows? I, there's like not enough information to decide. Cause he was like, he was super irritated when the droid came in, when he was talking to Mando and trying to sell him on buying property, uh, that overlooked the well, hot yeah, springs sort of or something like that. He got super like irritated. Diva. Like, front to back about the whole thing like he yeah i don't know i i mean look they made a real show of it look what he's wearing look what he like when we <laughs> first ridiculous. met him he's wearing like you know the run-of-the-mill dirty regular pants and a shirt and now he's in a literal cape and jewels and uh two droids following him around cape just droids. carrying his cape up out of the dirt like He's definitely feeling like some kind of way about himself, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, um, I, I, he's flaunting the money and he's not hiding it at all. So well, it's not even just that. Um, like, it's high magistrate. It's high magistrate. Don't come in and talk to me right now. It's, it's not even, it's the power thing that's like, well, you know, yeah. tales all this time. It's never about money. It's about power. But like, yeah, he's, I don't know. I was mm-hmm. not down with grief cargo today i don't know that i ever no, really I, have been but definitely not the he, only, got good, he got a little goodwill because he looks a lot like apollo creed and he looks a lot like chubbs but i mess with both <laughs> those guys but i don't know about yeah i don't know about grief here to me some of the dialogue between the two um not how it was written didn't seem clunky it was like the delivery seemed like the intonation and how some of the lines were delivered seemed a little clunky to me. Um, and I've watched with it like Din two, three grief? times now and I'm yeah. With Din and grief. And I was like, I think they just, am I just like of the, all of the comic relief stuff was in that middle third, you know, act one with the Mandalorians was very serious. And then at the end with Bo was also very serious. So he had the like, Oh, you really used your head there. Mm-hmm. And like, the whole bit with grief, like translating for the Anzalians, but like clearly he could understand what they were saying. Cause they pretty much are just mm-hmm. speaking like bad, basic, it, like it was a funny bit, but it was also like kind of silly. So right. I think that's just kind of the yeah, it part was just, of the episode they had. 
Yeah, it was just, I don't know, it just seemed off to me for some reason, but that's all right. I mean, it's still, like I said, it wasn't written poorly. It was just, I think, delivery in some cases. But uh, we did get a conversation between Grief and Mando here on where uh, one character has been that I think everybody was kind of asking where they went. At a level with you, Mando. I need a marshal. What about Marshal Doom? I actually didn't care. After she, she brought in Moff Gideon, she was recruited by special forces. And what came of Gideon? He was sent off to a new Republic war tribunal. So, what do you say? So, what do you say? I would actually um, like to find out act what really does happen to Moff Gideon in the end. Um, because mm-hmm. the whole, like war criminal and these things he did uh like for the empire but now it's gone like that's a really kind of gray messy situation and then like of course all the politicking that is definitely happening like i'd be curious to see what they actually do with that i hope it's not just a throwaway that yep he went to a tribunal but they locked him away in guantanamo bay or whatever they do in star wars Mm -hmm. well don't we know we know that he's in this season don't we do we? Uh, I mean, Juan Carlos Esposito did uh, has done a million interviews and keeps like all, he's like the Tom Holland of Star Wars. Yeah, I know he goes to every <laughs> convention that you've ever heard of and ten you've not ever heard of. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's but he was being coy, but saying about like talking excitedly about Mando season three and the lead up here. Oh, good. So I think because I would like to you know see how they. How does the New Republic handle that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think we know that there's still a lot of corruption within the New Republic, too, from some of the other novels that we've gotten well, to yeah, this point. That, I, th- you know, I think senators we all love are, Alphabet Squadron, and that's some stuff mm-hmm. that was touched on in that, is people who used to do bad things for the Empire, and how do mm-hmm. we deal with them? Everybody kind of flip flop side to side and they're still trying to push their own agendas and do these different things. And was it, um, what was the Leia book? Was it bloodlines? Mm-hmm. Was that it? Um, where we find out that there are some seriously corrupt politicians that are still out yeah, we there. We find so. out Darth Vader was her dad. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what? That'll really no stall way. your political career. Um, but yeah, we get, uh, we get an update on Cara Dune and, and, don't get me wrong, like whether you like the person or not, the character is still out in the ether. And I think for a lot of people, when that character first came on, they liked the strong female role that that person presented. The character can now live on in books, comics, other things, not necessarily played by the same person. Does that make sense? So I think if they like that character, they can still follow that character in other areas. I think the only way that that happens is if they recast her in live action and then she has a new person to look like in every other medium. That could be. Yeah, I think yeah. this might be the last we ever hear of Cara Dune, but you never know. You know. That could be I, too. I would think so. Yep, that could be too, but it's like, here, all right, here's the bookend of it, right? No longer wondering what happened, here's the bookend. Um, we got some... Uh, <laughs> Um, we did, you touched on the opening with the armorer, Kyle. Well, I was going and... to, you skipped over. We jumped right into the middle here. We went like right into <laughs> I the know, I know. Uh, yeah, she, we just oh, it, uh, it was a really nice, like cold open to me with her 
setting up of the forge on whatever new planet she's on. I don't think they ever really established that at all. Um, and she pours some kind of water down into the middle, which like, this isn't really how you're supposed to forge metal. I don't think where you, where you quench it right in the middle of the, the forge, but what, whatever she pours some water, some special water in there, which I'm assuming is the living waters from below the beneath the mines of Mandalore that she's got in a little canister there, but who knows? That's just an assumption on my part. Uh, and then she's forging a helmet for foundling, which I thought was really cool. Like we've never seen her. We've seen her like kind of bang on some metal and like we know she's doing things, but she actually like molded the top of a helmet and was using the equivalent of a plasma cutter. I don't know what they call it in star Wars, but in a metal shop, it would be a plasma cutter. And she's like cutting out the face mask and all that stuff. And I thought that was really cool. And then there's, what I believe has to be the most Mandalorians we've ever seen in one place on screen before. Definitely in live action, right? With all those people just mm-hmm. standing on the... So I don't know if that's an implication that it's been a long time or if they if she just found this really big crew or whatever. But, you know, they lost all their people and it was down to just the armor and paths. And now they've got... Now they're rolling quite deep again, I would say. Unless right. they're just like snatching up foundlings left and right kidnapping people to make them foundlings like i don't don't know but you know they're doing the equivalent of a mandalorian baptism on this little boy here and then up comes this crocodile and i gotta say (laughs) with all these mandalorians like 30 is it like was there probably at least 25 30 of them (laughs) at least yeah easy yes uh fully kitted up and they couldn't handle this one monster that doesn't fly and doesn't like shoot laser beams or do anything really crazy it's just a big it's literally a giant alligator right with maybe a bit of a shell on it maybe it's a giant snapping Mm -hmm. turtle or something but uh they were getting their behinds handed to them and maybe maybe this is plot relevant like uh you know we're we're a generation away from these people that actually grew up on mandalore and now they're maybe not the warriors that they once were, or maybe we're just showing how great Mando's new ship is to come in and save the day. But like, I was, I was shocked. I was like, Oh cool. We're going to see these Mandalorians just rip into this giant sea monster. And then it started smacking them into the side of the mountain and drowning people and stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God, what are they doing? Like the death roll. What do they call that? The death spins or whatever. Death death roll was a nice, Yeah, it was cool. I liked it. And I actually liked when they, when Mando gave him the final shot in the side with the giant missile, there was like some guts and gore there, which you don't really see that in plenty of death in star Wars. Plenty, plenty, plenty. Not tons of blood and guts, almost like very, very little no. bordering on none. So that was kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, I liked the the visor on the kid's helmet, the wide yeah. visor. It was very reminiscent of the early Boba Fett kids' helmets that you could buy in the store, and it was like this wide T visor. It was pretty cool to see that kind of applied there, and it makes sense. I mean, as you get older, like you don't need maybe quite that field of view or technology is a little bit different as you get older in the helmet number of different things but that that visor certainly shrinks over time and you don't need it quite as big but yeah you know it's bad when your dad asks you what was the purpose of the crocodile on the <laughs> i said i said dad i don't know 
I said they got destroyed by some alligator for, you know, five, ten minutes in the opening of this show. I said I had no idea what that was for. I, th- I, re- I think they're uh, really convincing you that this custom-built ship that Pelimata made for him is, like, extremely formidable. It's so fast. It's yeah. got a, a great weapons kit, like this whole thing. That's the impression I get because, I mean, mm-hmm. he saved the day with this giant beast at the beginning, and then he – it was extremely entertaining to watch. Um, and, but he just ripped through these, all these pirates and then totally outran their flagship. So, uh, that's what I think the point of it was really. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, when he did, he does his whole thing with the armor. He presents his like relic that he found because the whole story has been that not only did they destroy it, but it's also poison. So you can't even go back to Mandalore to see because mm-hmm. of course, like they destroyed it, whatever you, they destroyed it. The Mandalorians destroyed it themselves like hundreds of times over and over. That's like well established, but yeah. So the story is it's poison, but his deal was like, well, if somebody went and got this glass off the surface with the Mandalorian writing on it, obviously someone went there. Maybe I can go there too. Maybe it's not poison. And then if that's not true, who else, what else isn't true? What else do we not know right. about what's going on there? And then when he asked her this, to me, she sat with it for a really, really long time and then begrudgingly was like, well, this is the way. Like She doesn't want to let him back in for some reason. I'm not really sure why that is. Maybe because he, she feels like he put Disgusting. like a Jedi ahead of the Mandal. But, you know, her whole thing is that she is... um completely committed to the dogma of the creed and if the creed says you can be redeemed in the living waters beneath the minds of mandalore then why would she like push back against that that's not like Mm -hmm. if she's a true believer then you are a true believer in all of it right not just like some so I, i don't know that's confusing to me maybe she is just disgusted that he broke the rules so whether the creed says you can be redeemed or not she's not into it but she seems like she's just a a true believer top to bottom. So I, I don't know. That's it just felt like there's something there. I, yeah, I think it's you're right. I, I think it's a number of different things. I think that's part of it. Um I think part of it is maybe she's been I don't know if she's been deceived or told like about Mandalore and where it's at, or if she's actually been there and seen it, and maybe that's why she doesn't want him to go. But I think um you're right. She did sit on it for a little bit there, but I think at the same time, she also looked at Grogu and went, well, wait, this kid who is clearly a Jedi or has force ability made a choice to come back with Mando as their clan of two or whatever. And he is clearly the father for this creature, this, this, this being, maybe it's not that bad that he tries to do this and, gets out of the exile creed or whatever that part is right and says okay well yeah okay so this is the way go try it and see what happens and we'll go from there so i think she's giving him a chance but very reluctantly to your point she's just i don't, I don't know what it is she's just very reluctant yeah, to it but i think she's she is what her trepidation is why is she against it yeah. in the first place but you know time yeah. will tell i'm assuming um yep the only other two things that I really mm-hmm. thought were super relevant this 
episode uh, one, the Pergil in hyperspace. We, we oh saw that gosh. right off the rip. Shot. We huh. couldn't avoid. I'm, and I can't decide. Like, I feel like, of course, these are going to be a plot point in the Ahsoka show <laughs> because Sabine and Ahsoka means Ezra and Thrawn. We already know Ahsoka's looking for Thrawn. It's almost insane to think that Ezra and Thrawn would not turn up in the Ahsoka show. Uh, so, do we think that the Pergil are just like a fun little Easter egg where if you already know, you know, and if you don't, when you watch Ahsoka, you'll be able to be like, oh, those were those things they saw in the hyperspace back in Mando, or is that actually going to be some kind of plot point in Mandalorian? My opinion is it's a bit of, it's more of just like an Easter egg and and uh, it's it's it won't pop up as a plot point until Ahsoka, but he didn't just like look over and see it. He, it was a whole like set piece. Like it was a whole thing Scene. of him looking around and mm-hmm. seeing them and like almost connecting with it or something. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it was probably just an extended Easter egg. Like it was, it's, it was there and it was cool. And then it was even cooler if you actually knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't, I don't think it's going to factor in. It might, it may be factor in, like you said, in the next show. But well, no, it's going to have to factor in in that next show because that's how Ezra and yeah. Thrawn went off mm-hmm. in the first place. So. Yeah, that's why I think it's inevitable in Ahsoka to at least at, the noobs are at least going to have to hear about the Pergil at that point. But do yeah. we think this was probably the end of it in the Mandalorian? Was just the he just saw them? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just that. And and clearly Grogu has a connection with other beings. We saw it with the Rancor in Book of Boba Fett. Um, I think he's just it, they made their presence known to him through that force connection. Well, and that's an ability that Ezra also had, and it would be really cool for he and right. Grogu to connect over that. Yep. And I, I think that's part of it, I, which I know Mando is like sleeping in the cockpit, but like, I think most people traveling through hyperspace aren't looking out the window going, Oh my God, there's a giant floating whale over there. Like, I don't think they see them. I think that's part of it is they kind of stay hidden in those hyperlanes to most people, but those that are force sensitive can kind of see them. But, um, all I know is I need that as like an Apple TV, uh, screensaver, you know, when your Apple TV kind of like just. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, can I just get some flying pergill on my Apple TV? It'd be great. Um, the, um, the sorry, yeah, the ahead, other Kyle. thing I had is I think so. We bookend this episode at the beginning. He's like essentially begging to get let back into, um, I forget what they're calling them. They're covert there with those mm-hmm. uh, children of the watch, and then at the end. He's talking to Bo-Katan, who's giving him basically the the complete opposite point of view about, well, that those people that you're obsessing over and trying to break your back just to get them to let you back in are what separated the Mandalorians, and they're the reason we were scattered to the wind, and they were the reason we're weak, and they're the reason that I don't have... Um, my followers in the whatever stolen fleet and all these things anymore. And so he's got this 
and I'm assuming that's going to be part of what he's dealing with this season, you know, these two opposite ends of the spectrum and you, they're opposed. He can't really support both, you know, but he's trying to because at the beginning of the episode, he's, what do I have to do to get back with the armor and pass into their covert? And then at the end, well, I want to join you and go retake Mandalore and be part of, you know, your new version of the night owls or whatever you're doing, Bo-Katan. But those two things are like idealistically opposed to each other. Um, and I think that's mm. something eventually he's going to have to come to terms with because clearly, clearly Bo-Katan was not into it. She's like, if you want to do what those crazy zealots are going to do, then go off with them and go do your thing. And it hasn't been expressly said yet, but I'm quite sure. Well, she actually did say it in the book of Boba Fett. The armor said that Bo-Katan is a cautionary tale. So clearly she's got no love mm-hmm. there for what she's doing on that end either. Um, and that's really interesting because I love the Mandalorians and I'd love to see where that all goes. And, you know, if Din is the one who is open-minded to both of those camps and he is the wielder of the dark saber, you know, maybe he can unite these Mandalorians somehow, some way that would be awesome to see too. Yeah, it was, um, it was an interesting conversation between the two of them because I, as I, I like Bo and and I understand where she's at at this point, but at the same time I'm like, well, okay, so Axe Woves and Casca Reeves were with you when you didn't have the dark saber, like before that was even like they were running missions against the Empire, right, trying to track it down from Moff Gideon. They weren't even were they even in the last episode of. Mando, Axe, and Costco were they even in that one where Bo went to help the rest of them? But then, like, she comes back without it, but she knows where it is, and then they all just, like, up and left? Yeah, like, she said they left her. Yeah, I was like, okay, I thought they were, like, ride or die with her, but apparently not. Um, well, you know, but they knew where like, it was. They knew the who had it. MO, <clears throat> you know, the, mm-hmm. what have you done for me lately? Who's the strongest right now? Um you know, they did that all through the They were the supporting Wars her in too. that one quest. Mm-hmm. They were supporting her in that one quest, but she failed, so then they, they split. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Like, somebody put a... Yeah, she's, well, a I mean, she said, there, when like, I returned without the Darksaber, my forces melted away. They were like, sure, if you can if you can recapture it, we'll follow you. And she failed. And they said, okay, forget it. We'll go... Mm-hmm. They took the fleet. They're riding through the galaxy as mercenaries. And like, to me, it's not disappointing. It's sad. She was like trying to do right by her people. And she fell short mostly through the like, I I, I don't even know, like a uh, Jar Jar Binksian bumbling into success that Din Djarin is like, Falling upwards. to do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He just stumped tripped and fell into the dark saber. And so by default, she failed on her mission and then no one and lost everything. And so what does she have other than her like family castle and her droid out there on the landing pad? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what, she, what else she could do. Like <laughs> she's, she is only one person, you know, she, her, mm-hmm. her power is her influence and she lost that. 
You know, that was. Well, didn't he offer it to her? Well, yeah, but that was the whole thing. Like, I mean, she tried that once. The, the first time that someone just gave her the dark saber, it all fell apart. Uh, you know, yeah, they bad got things destroyed. Yeah. And I don't, I, it's, I don't know. But at the same time, she's like, well, but our people fell apart from your sect in the division that other clans did prior to that. So what is it? Is it well, they were that people, is what they caused were the downfall of Mandalore, or because you had you were gifted the dark saber and tried to well, relead no, him, and it just that, fell apart that's again? The thing is, like her people. So I don't think she's any less superstitious than she said, than the covert. The, the people that she said are the ones that divided them. Those are the ones who also say you have to win the dark saber by combat. So she knows she cannot unite the Mandalorians by just accepting the dark saber mm. because by default half of them a third of them whatever this whole section they're never going to follow her because she didn't win it through combat and they've already decided that the fact that she didn't win it through combat which i whether that's superstition or not i mm. i say it is of course it is like how could it not be superstition but whatever uh they think that is the reason that mandalore fell and the night of a thousand tears and Moff Gideon ended up with the lightsaber because she just took it as a gift and not won it through combat. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's because she believes that matters. I think it's because she believes it matters to half of the people she needs to follow her. Mm. Yep. And she did have what, there was three or four other houses, I think in the clone wars that when Sabine handed it to her, Oh, House Buzz with you and House and Buzz. So they clearly yeah, didn't. House Vizsla, House Right. Ren, they the clearly protectors. didn't. Yeah. Uh, actually, I yeah, think it was Clan. They did. But. Yeah. One of them. But yeah, they, they didn't care, apparently. Like, oh, she's got it. We're going to follow her. She's a good leader. But yes, you're, so I see what you're saying. So the other group is going, well, no, we're not going to follow you because you didn't win it the right you way. You took off your helmet and you didn't win it with a fight and you didn't like, so no, we're not joining your club. Yeah. Very divided people. And the whole point is that, like, so many of them are dead that they have to come together somehow. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think she's not in a position to be able to do that right now. Somebody had posted a a video earlier that was, um, so do you think Bo-Katan was just sitting around brooding in the chair all day or did was she like actually like in her room talking on the phone or something and then Mando shows up and she like has to get ready and run out in the chair like... Oh, hey, hey, what's going on? I'm just brooding in my castle over here. Yeah, in my mind, she was wearing, um, like, sweatpants, eating snacks, watching the hollow net, and then... <laughs> and then she a gets ship the comes up, and the droid's like, hey. And she, like, throws on the armor and goes and sits mad on the throne. Right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, welcome back, Because those things don't look Din. comfortable. It's like a big cement block. No. That was a big castle, too. Like, well, I mean... She's just in there by herself. When were you ever like, oh, look at that really tiny castle. That's just a house. (laughs) (laughs) It's a house with a wall around it. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Um, Yeah, it's it's, uh, the Mandos. I love the stories, and I love that we're getting more of these stories uh, as part of this show um, that's coming out, and they're really kind of filling in a lot of gray area from what we got in Clone Wars and just more knowledge and more lore, if you will. Of Mando's. I have one more like silly observation and then I have literally nothing else for this episode. 
Um, but <laughs> when he was walking through Navarro, if you remember from not only season one, but also like um, the very first trailer that we saw at Celebration before season one was um, the Kawaki and monkey lizards in cages and one of them being roasted. Um, and now mm-hmm. uh, in the classy upscale safe navarro uh all the kawaki and monkey lizards were free up in a tree just wandering laughing giggling and pointing and laughing and whether it was intentional or not i'm gonna say it was because i caught it and i'm not that smart he looked up at them actually before that they showed some other thing roasting over a fire on little like skewers and then Mm -hmm. mando and then the kawaki and monkey lizards and then he goes wow things sure have changed around here and i thought that was funny because like at least the yeah. Kwaki monkey lizards are free now here in rough and tumble Navarro. They they don't have much meat on their bones. They're kind of I think skinny. the appeal there is that, that appetizing. Um, you're eating one out of spite because they're annoying. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Good point. Um, you know i I love the Anzellans. I thought the Anzellans were great. That was a, f- a fun little I, bit. Yeah. Fun scene. What's um, the best thing from the sequel trilogy? Yeah, <laughs> Babu, Babu Frick. Frick. Yes, hey, hey. Four of them. yes. Yeah. Everybody loves an Anzellan. Um, and we we touched on it earlier with that conversation, but I do have a little bit of this when uh, um, Krogu decides to go ham on some Anzellans. The Anzellans. And I did cut this a little bit. No, can't fix. What do you want? The book. Okay. I don't understand. Do you speak a tease? Mando, he said he can't fix it. That's no good. I need this one. This one is my friend. They're not friend anymore. Memory circuit. He says the memory circuit is shot. We'll put in a new one. No, no, no. Don't make new ones. Very hard to find. He said they don't make them anymore. They're very hard to find. I got it. Buy new joy. This one voodoo. He says you should get a new one. Why is grief still translating after he tells us? Can you fix it without the memory circuit? Yes, but I didn't think. What if I find you the part? Okay, now, then no problem. If you can get a new part, he says he can fix it. No! No, 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 no. <laughs> Not a pet. No, it's crazy! Not crazy, not crazy. Bad baby. Okay. baby. Sorry about that. He's young. Bad baby. No, Grogu. He kind of lurches at him again, mm-hmm. trying to get to him. Um, it, it's, it's funny because Inzellans are like super smart. That's the the beauty of this is that they seem like a very simple Just creature. Have a funny they can't about the way they talk, huh? Yes, um, but they are highly intelligent beings. They design starships, the large, large starships um, for half the different companies in the galaxy. Well, so, if you need, if um, you need some uh, difficult droid work done, they're the ones for the job. Yeah, in the the memory chip for IG11 cuz those units they weren't I don't they're 
they're basically assassin droids. I don't think they were mass produced a lot like the actual assassin droids in the Clone Wars, right? Where they were just put on an assembly line. The IG units, there's only a certain number of them. They don't have like IG 2042, right? I, I don't we know. know. Do we know there that? was an 11. We know there was an 11. We know there's an 88. I believe there's an 86 out there. I've not heard of any more than a hundred. I could be wrong, but um, there. I don't think they're like mass produced like the B ones and the heavy battle droids and all those other things. So, because um, I think they were really designed for assassinations and security details. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. I love. <clears throat> excuse me. I love um, <laughs> Din's like kind of very backward thinking about droids, like. Oh, I need this one droid because this is the one I made friends with. Yeah, I need yeah. You know, the like, shell that its programming went into because this one's my friend. Whatever. I guess it's, it's kind of sentimental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he didn't like droids in the beginning. He still doesn't. So he just trusts this one. That's he just saying. trusts this one, he's, yeah. He's warmed up a little. Uh, he lets those those ones work on his ship too now. Hit yeah, Pelly's droids. Yeah, Hit those the ones. Uh, you know what? I do have another thing. Uh, when he first tried to work on IG himself, when it was just like the top half, um, and powers it on and it tries to attack him, that was another really cool like horror movie. It, it, I mean, it was a straight out of uh like a like zombie Terminator. style like uh mm-hmm. set piece where it's chopped in half but it's just like mindlessly clawing at you, trying to eat you or kill you or whatever. Um, that was really cool. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely had those Terminator vibes, those T- T-800 vibes when he was like in half, just crawling on the floor, still trying to get to John Connor kind of thing. So um, do we think, um, what do you think Din's going to find when he gets to Mandalore? Because I'm assuming we're going there next episode yeah like he's headed straight there out of bo katan's place um i don't know i don't know if that's where he's going straight away i think he's definitely going soon but i don't i don't i'd be surprised if we got into that plot point quite that fast because they've sure have been slow burning this whole night of a thousand tears return to mandalore for quite some time but it's possible um and like what we see in the trailers at least from the past we know a lot of what we see is in those first couple episodes right they tend to keep right what's later yeah, on that whole scene with all the man pretty well so we've seen already right right so i think um i think we go there because otherwise that's like the worst trip planning ever like why would you go to Kalavala, which is in the system of Mandalore, yeah, and then go true. somewhere else, right and like leave, you're right there, just drive over and and hop out and see what's going on. But um, yeah, I'm curious to see what he finds there. Um, I don't know that it's poisoned. Maybe there's like pockets that are poisoned. But I, I'm assuming the, the poison thing, thing is just a uh, um imperial Super propaganda rumor, to keep or, uh, the mandalorians away because they don't want them to yeah. reunite i mean the yeah. the um the empires feared mandalorians always since day one mm-hmm. so i think 
Yeah. I, I'm assuming it's propaganda and he's going to get there and the whole poison thing is just a lie and probably the desolation, the level of desolation of the planet, maybe even that has been exaggerated. Mm. Do you guys think, um, do you think Bo gets the Darksaber back or do we think Mando is going to lead the people? Josh, you got any? See the gears turning. Um, I mean, he doesn't have a want for it at all, I feel like. So it's hard to say. I wonder if there could be some, no, let's say some sort of co- co-ruling situation, but they're not going to go for that. No, I don't see the Mandalorians she... going for that. What do you think, Kyle? You think she gets um, back? I don't know. If they duke it out? I think... Din doesn't seem like Josh was saying, doesn't seem to have any desire to do it. Um, he doesn't necessarily seem to have the personality to do it either. Do you remember no. um, when he was trying to get the villagers to, uh, uh, what well, I can't remember the name of that planet, but where his little love interest Omera was, but they were drinking. Spotchka. Yeah. He was basically just like, yep. Can't live here anymore. See you later. Leave your houses. This place sucks. You're going to all die. Like he, yeah. he, he, I don't know that he's the man for the job. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's a way for him to get it to Bo that we've seems like someone just giving it to her because she's the right person to lead. We've kind of like done that already. So to do it again, seems not that thoughtful. Um, maybe Din loses it. And then someone else wins it again. Um, maybe he finds a way to give it to Boba Fett, who's the other Mandalorian with a bit of like a legacy to him. Like, because the other thing about uh, Din is that he's like he doesn't have any kind of family or whatever. Like, and not that that's required because the Mandalorians take in the foundlings and it's part of their whole deal. But, um, you know, Mm -hmm. traditionally, at least the leaders we've heard of have all been kind of like legacy Mandalorians, not just, um, kind of random off worlder, you know, other than Darth Maul, but that's a whole different thing. (laughs) How dare you say that Din doesn't have a family? He's a person and his name is Grogu. Grogu. That's true. He does he doesn't have a legacy Mandalorian like family tree is all I meant there. Of course yeah, of course he has you. parents who are dead because he's an orphan. <laughs> um d- yeah, and I it's I don't know. It's hard to set that up to where you're gonna go, okay, we're gonna have a fan favorite Bo Katan fight another fan favorite in the Mandalorian and you're going to pit like pit these two characters that people view as, I don't want to say good, I'd but go so far as to say that's almost definitely not going to happen. Yeah. Like, so I would assume that somewhere Din loses the dark saber. That's a tall order too, right? because then we're, we're also having our um, borderline untouchable fighter lose in like, head-to-head hand-to-hand combat which is also not a mm-hmm. good look or something that writers necessarily want to do so right who knows i'm right. not really sure i don't know it, yeah yeah it's hard because it, like that's a tough situation to to put them in so I, i'd be interesting interested in seeing what they do there uh who do you think it's almost like they want us be... to wonder about it you know what i mean oh no way i mean they don't just throw everything out in that first episode do they 
Um, who do you think is going to be or potentially emerge as a big bad this season? Uh, I'm not sure. I think there's plenty going on with the kind of Mandalorian internal struggle there. Um, but I'm not sure. It's going to be Dr. Hemlock and he's going to show up with his creepy voice. If he survives that long. That'd he's be impressive. Gonna, he's going to have Omega. <laughs> if she have survived, he cloned long, himself. Are you kidding me? It's dark science cloning. Justin, secret simple. The Sith knew. Um, exactly. I think that we're going to have a situation where um, different groups of Mandos clash with each other. Din's kind of like stuck in the middle, doesn't know what side he wants to take. That's what the setup feels like to me, right out of you know episode one here. But I don't know. Where I mean, we'll see. They we we barely have anything to go off of. Yeah. 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 Um good opening first episode though. Uh again, visually stunning. Uh the one shot when they were fighting the giant crocodile and I think one of the Mandos was like flying away on the jetpack, but the camera was like looking at his the front of his helmet with the giant crocodile thing in the background as he's like flying away. Beautifully shot. Um it's visually stunning all the time. So uh, glad to have it back. So anything else you guys want to add this week uh, before we wrap it up and get out of here? Nope. Let's blow this thing. Go home. Nope. All right. We're going to do it just like Din did. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. That was our Mando Season 3, Episode 1, The Apostate Recap. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, you can find Outer and Beacon, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email us, outerandbeacon at gmail.com. My name's Justin. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. Where are they going to find you guys? This is Josh, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tomatoes. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on social media. Can't wait for next week. Can't wait to see what happens. I'm excited already. Um, as always, get out, do something Star Warsy. Hey, one more thing. Force be with you. If yeah, go ahead. You did not already. Justin mentioned it in the opening, but we released two episodes this week. So if you're watching Bad Batch, go ahead and check out that episode as well. Double dose of the Outer Rim Beacon this week, and for the next couple weeks. Double shot. So enjoy. Yeah. Boom. Shots all around. That's going in. <laughs> all right, y'all. Bye. Bye. Ah, I hate this planet.